Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun podcast. I am Annie F. Downs, and I am your host and your friend and your person who has a podcast where I love to introduce you to my friends. Um, As you may have known, I just got back literally yesterday from a trip to Israel with Israel Collective and had an incredible time. Absolutely loved it. And while I was gone, my friend Bianca Juarez's Oltoff's book released, just released literally two days ago. It's called Playing With Fire. And I love Bianca. Bianca and I have been friends for years. We were on the Girls of Grace tour together for a year. We've spoken at many, a lot of the same events. We share a lot of friends. Like, she's just kind of my girl. She kind of, <laughs> at the beginning of my career, she's the one who was like, we need new headshots. And Annie, you need to wear heels on stage, as she and I will talk about in the podcast that B is the reason that in 2016, I don't wear flats on stage. It's because of her. So um, it's just been so fun to see how God has kind of taken our lives and move them in ways we would have never known back in 2007, 2008 when we got to know each other. So it is so fun and so overdue for her to have a book out. It is called Play With Fire. It is a really, really good book. I know that I say that whenever I tell you about my friend's books, but that's because I actually only bring people on the podcast whose books I actually like. So um, that is one of the main reasons that I am telling you about Bianca and about her book is I feel like she's the kind of woman that that we get to listen to and we it feels really special to know her and to be her friend and it's quite honestly an honor to know her I just think the world of her so um, she's wonderful I think you're going to love her too if you don't already know her so without any more delay let me with pleasure introduce you to Bianca Oltoff Hi, Bianca. Welcome to That Sounds Fun. How do you feel? I am ready to have some fun, Annie Downs. <laughs> well, that's the only way I know how to do this, B. So that is what we're going to do. How fun is this that we get to be on a podcast? Can you believe it? I mean, I, I guess mean, I I've just... been on Christine's with you, so it's not our first time co-podcasting. I know, but this feels really grown up. Like, I'm really mm. proud of you, Annie Downs. Thank like you. A, it feels like, like... like what people call a professional. Uh, mm, aren't I? Um, <laughs> with my running 20 minutes late and all the other things that Don't you got anyone. to experience today. You're forgiven. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. <laughs> uh, B, I love that we are getting to talk on a lot of levels because we don't get to talk enough. But I really love it because for years I've been asking you to write a book. I mean, literally yeah. since 2000 and. Seven, maybe? Seven or eight? Yeah. Yeah. When was it? When was it? Because you and me and your husband and Emily Freeman and her husband were in a coffee shop. Yes, Annie. Okay, so you're talking about the coffee shop, and I'm going to back this up even more. I remember being in your Camry. Yeah, your Camry. Yep. And pulling into your driveway, and we paused on the gravel driveway, mm-hmm. and you started speaking to me about the power of our words. And I will never forget that conversation because it, like, I, I always felt like I wanted to write. I just, not, I wasn't too sure, like, I could or should or would. And mm-hmm. I stand here years later, even after that coffee shop conversation with Matt and Emily and me and you, and you and Emily, you and Emily were like, Bianca, you need to do this. Bianca, you need to do. This. And I just, I'm a little slow. I was homeschooled, you know this. So we're just a little slow at life. And um, 
But I am very excited to say, Annie, a lot of prodding and praying and poking from friends like you. And yeah, I have a book and it's coming out August 30th. And this podcast is coming out September 1. So congratulations, B. Your podcast, your book is out. It's out. (laughs) How does it feel? (laughs) It feels crazy. It feels feels exciting. I'm not even kidding you. The book's not even out. And like it could it could flop. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I did what I was supposed to do. And I know Yeah. Tell me what success is to you in this. What will success be this week when the book comes out? What does success look like? Success looks like starting an ember of faith in the hearts and the minds of people who quite possibly already have a relationship with God, but they Mm -hmm. just feel stagnant. Maybe they feel like they're in the moment, moment of crisis. Maybe they just feel like, I don't really know what what I'm doing with my life or the direction that God is like pointing me in. Mm -hmm. And my hope is to kind of either breathe and stoke on the fire uh, that people have in their own life or ignite an ember of faith in the hearts and minds of people who just feel kind of, kind of a little forgotten in the desert season. So first launch day, launch week comes and goes, and you can't measure that, what you want. What can you measure in the first week? Like, will it just be we've done it and that's a success is there like what will feel like success to you tomorrow when the book's been out for three or four days and you're like okay we'll start with sleep yeah and I know. Um, sleep would be great i actually and here's the thing i i i feel really honored and privileged to have been able to write a book but that's just one of my jobs i work for a global <laughs> anti-human trafficking organization and um so i'm in the office five days a week i am also a pastor's wife i am also a bible teacher and communicator and i travel i am also a stepmom and a daughter and a sister and a friend so i'm trying to strike this amazing balance of like living a full life, doing what God's called you to do and still maintaining healthy friendships and relationships. So I mean, your ways. (laughs) Well, um, you know, honestly, honestly, I I used to hear people say like, Oh, some people are graced for this season or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I never understood that that meant because it's like Christianese and I have an aversion to Christianese and I'm just like, I don't even know what that means, bro. Like I didn't go to seminary. Can we just speak English? (laughs) And, um, But you know what? Honestly, I feel like when I take a look back at the last, oh gosh, about five years, I can take a look back and say, I don't know how we survived and even thrived in in these seasons, but we did. And I know that it's possible. And sometimes I think like in a world that's like screaming, like balance and and rest and all this other stuff, which I 100% agree with. I also believe that we're almost coddling some people. Some people Uh, really need that sabbatical. Some people really need to take a a pause, but I also kind of believe that we're coddling a lot of people. It's just like, Ayo, you are capable of so much more. You don't even know what you're capable of. So step up, dust yourself off, get here, the tissue for your issue and just move forward. And yes. so I know that sounds a little hardcore, but it's just like, listen, people be strapping babies to their back after they push them out and working in a field. So what mm-hmm. are you crying about? Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little hardcore because I work a lot with our survivors of trafficking and to see what they've overcome. I'm just like, I, I ain't got no issues. My right. life is perfect. Right. So. Um, okay. Let's back up one second. Can we talk about Christianese for a minute? Because I have two Christianese words I want to erase. And I would love okay. for you to help me in this okay. uh, venture, in this okay. campaign, in this movement, if you will. Um, press in. I think press in makes no sense. 
I think it's a word that we say from stages or people tell you to do spiritually. And it's actually not anything we do in the natural normally. We're not always like, you should really press into that study guide so you make sure you get your tests, you do well on your tests. Like, no, that's not what we say. So I need us to cut press in. How do you feel about that? I am 100% with you. Like, I get the implication of it. It just sounds weird. It sounds weird. People outside of the church do not use that. No, no. It's just, can we just speak normal? Like, language everyone can use. I'm with you. So I vote yes. Thank you. So, so, so present. Okay, I'm putting a check beside that one. Here's my second one. This one comes with a lot of pushback. So I understand if you have pushback. I'm not trying to delete the act. I need to, I just need us to rename it. Quiet time. Quiet time is not actually, I'm never quiet, B. You know that. I'm never quiet. So my whole growing up when the church told me to do a quiet time, it felt miserable because it didn't speak to my personality. But then when I got to be in my mid-30s and figured out that I could go hike at Radnor for an hour and listen to a podcast and pray and journal when I got home and read the word in the morning while I'm eating breakfast and talk to friends about God, that the whole day I'm doing that act of a quiet time in different ways that are not quiet. I I am 100% with you. 100% with you. And I Because I'm like such a fan of She Reads Truth and First Five and all that. I love all of that. But can we come up with a different word besides quiet time? Well, and here's the thing. I am a person who actually, my world is so chaotic. The kids, the dog, Matt, work, traffic, everything, everything, chaos, 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 move fast. And like, so I actually love the idea of solitude. Like I, okay, first of all, here's one thing that I'm going to add to your list of words that are banned. Oh, I'm yeah, actually yeah, yeah. going to create a t-shirt that says recovering legalist because mm. I am fluent in, in, in Christianese and I hate that I am. Yeah, you say quiet right. time, you say press in, lean in, community, mm love on one another, like all those words. I, oh, love I, I on them. one another is a love great on. one. I'm writing that down. Love on your neighbor. Love yep. on your, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I can't. Serious. I just, it's just, I have an aversion. I get, Thank I get you. hives. Thank you. Um, um, but, but the idea of quiet time for me is something that I do enjoy, but I just don't like the term. Like I like That's the it. concept of Same. literally being quiet. Yes. I don't hate that. I'm with you. I don't hate that. I know, but you don't like silence. We just have to rename it. You don't like silence. I don't really like silence. I listen to music when I'm doing, like, on my, like, when I'm really sitting and reading and journaling, there's usually music. But I'm like, come on, there's just a better word for our personality. You know, like, there's just a better word that has yet to be discovered or mined out. Oh, my God, I know what it is. Oh, yes, please say it. Jesus party time. Okay. I don't yes. want it to be. I don't yes. want it to be boring. Like quiet time just feels like smooth fest. I That's want it. to be like I get to have a party with Jesus one on one. We are gonna just we're gonna either crack open the word. We're gonna listen to a podcast. We're gonna have a little. I'll pull out my praise pants. I'm gonna put a little oh, worship word. song on. Yes. Yes. Pra- Jesus party. Jesus party. I, I could get party. behind Jesus party. I, here's something I just read the other day, B, when I was reading about Matthew getting up from the table when Jesus calls him, he gets up from the table and immediately he um, invites his friends over that night to eat dinner. Not that night. I'm not sure. Sorry. But it says the next thing he does is he invites people over to eat. Right. And to yes. meet Jesus. And in the message version, what it says is that the people that were there were going, wait, John, John the Baptist people are always fasting and praying, and so are the Pharisees. How come you're always going to parties, is what they said to Jesus. And I was like, come on with it. Oh That's what I'm talking about. You've got to read gosh. it, B. In Matthew, uh, maybe Matthew 5, I'm, I'm 
I'll correct this in the notes because I don't exactly know where it is. But where Matthew gets called to be a disciple, if you read it in the message version, that's what they say. So how come you're always going to parties? Oh my gosh, Annie. And this is so great because I always say that Jesus is the ultimate party planner. Yeah. Like, he fixes the weather when the weather's bad. He multiplies food. He turns water into wine. Hello. Right. Like, right. He knows how to throw a party. Yeah. And that's the kind of Jesus I like. That's what I'm talking about. Um, okay. Thanks for being with me on that. On quiet. I think Jesus party is way better than quiet time. I'm just kind of trying to, I mean, I'm like, for as much as you and I are on stages talking to people about their faith, I very rarely talk about your devotional time or quiet time because I don't have a word, but Jesus party is the right word. I'm going to, I'm going to mull that around. You know what? Another so- a word I just can't. You said devotionals. I I say this, and I want to slap myself. Devos. Oh yeah, devos. I know. I oh know. my gosh, devos. I it's mean, like can you word. imagine someone outside of the church hearing us being like, "Well, yeah." This Stop. morning in my quiet time, I read my devo. They're like, no, "Wait, no, I no. only know one of those words." <laughs> right, and it's a band from the nineties. Thank just you. Stopped. Thank you. Just oh. listen. Being in a Christian, being a Christian in the nineties was the best and the worst. <laughs> it did great things for us. I'm so thankful. And it made us have t-shirts that said like spirit instead of Sprite, right? Yes. Be wiser instead of Budweiser. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. I know. God's gym Fisher. instead of Gold's gym. Oh, and what was the Abercrombie? Uh, there was an Abercrombie one that was like Fishers of Men. Some, somehow oh, yes, it turned into right. a fisherman thing yes, instead of yes. Abercrombie. Yes. Come on yes. with the 90s. Um, okay, B. So talk about A21 a little bit. Like, So you're there full time while you're also writing books and traveling and speaking. Yes, ma'am. Wow. And you're the chief storyteller. So tell me, what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis for you at A21? Well, the funny thing is when I started there about almost six years ago, um, no one really knew what my title was. We didn't really have a title. And so I just made up my own title and people always ask what I do. And like, that's the beautiful thing about that title. It's so nebulous. I get to say whatever the heck I want. Sure. Um, at the time, I was handling external communication. So Twitter, Facebook, we had a blog at the time. Um, and then we started doing rebrands and campaigns and making videos. And so my role kind of shifted and changed and included um, influencers and networks and possible mm-hmm. fundraisers. And um, then I started advocating for A21, uh, raising funds, speaking on behalf of uh, A21 in colleges and churches and communities. And so my role has kind of morphed over the years, but I would say... In this season, advocacy and awareness is um, where I'm spending most of my A21 time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to like helping on consult with like design aspects or campaigns um, that will be affecting you know our global offices. Sure. Um, and in addition to that, our founder Christine Kane has launched um, an initiative for women, women who are leading in the marketplace and at home. And uh, I and the creative director for that as well. So it's just, I, life so is I really a, boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really You've got boring. so much spare time. I wish you would I know, read more books. I know. Um, yeah. B, my question about Propel, I love Propel Women. I think it is, I just think it's genius. I love what you are doing. I read the emails every weekend. Why do y'all send them on Saturdays? What's the thought behind that? I think that's so interesting. You know, that's actually, uh, well, thank you for reading those emails. I, I write them yes. and I love you. Um, so the reason why Saturdays, we, we, here's the thing, Monday through Friday, our inbox is constantly inundated with stuff that we, that people want us to do or to read or to buy mm-hmm, or to mm-hmm. say or to listen to. Yep. And we don't want this to be tacked on to like a weekly thing. Um, and we definitely don't want it to be daily. We want to just kind of curate some fresh, new, um, unseen content that would 
help women. We want to just take yeah. people, uh, specifically women, one step further. If you're at B, let's take you to C. If you're at W, let's take you to X. Sure. And some of the articles are focused on um, more personal leadership and some are more focused on like leadership within the church or leadership within the marketplace mm-hmm. or kind of what your purpose and calling and identifying that, not playing comparison, ways that we could um, focus on being less busy and more present. Um, and the contributors, the, the funny thing is, is we've been blessed with some amazing contributors, um, CEOs to um, HR executives, to authors and writers, to um preachers and teachers to homeschool moms, you know, it, it's been, it's been really interesting to see kind of the, the width and the breadth of what we get to do. Sure. I, yeah, I love that. That is what sets Propel Women apart to me is that I'm not just reading Christian women that I recognize because they're on stages or in bookstores. I'm reading like women that are CEOs of companies that I know the company, but I wouldn't have known her name, you know? So. And our founder, Christine, what she really wants to do is highlight, we, especially within like Western America specifically, we have a, a tendency to highlight people in limelights and stages um, with under or downplaying people who are actually, you know, practitioners. Doing the thing, yeah. Yeah. On stage, we, we, we pontificate and we preach and we give practical tools for people to do it, but then we never get the flip side of people who are in the fields, if you will, um, Monday through Friday doing sure. it. Sure. What, um, tell me how A21, what you do at A21, what you do at Propel, tell me how that helped you in writing this book and in writing Play With Fire. You know, the fascinating thing, which I spoke to, again, our our founder about it, this book really doesn't address this section of my life, if you will. I would say this is kind of what awakened me to the God call on my life. Um, That does sound a little Christianese, but just bear with me for a second. I was raised in the church, great parents, you know, memorized John 3.16, fluent in Christianese, did summer camp, winter camp, spring camp, VBS, Awanas, Bible baseball. Like I knew church (laughs) and I knew Jesus. But for the first time in my life at the age of about 24, I heard about the Holy Spirit in a way that no one had ever spoken to me about. Theologically, I grew up in a house that was uh, a little bit more conservative. And so we spoke about the Holy Spirit as an entity, uh, but it was kind of like in a box and we just knew that people argued about it. And so we just know that Jesus mentioned it and Mm -hmm. he's our comforter. But it wasn't until I heard someone speak about the Holy Spirit in a way that instead of putting the Holy Spirit in a box, it felt like it was this beautiful present being awaiting me to open it. And what I wish people would have told me growing up and what I'm even telling my stepkids and friends and is when you open up that present, that present changes your life. Yeah, Your situations may not change, but when the presence of the living God, when you're aware of the presence of the living God, the Holy Spirit who is here advocating on our behalf, our lawyer, our advocate, our interpreter who intercedes for us in the throne room of Jesus. It's like, why wouldn't we tell people about this dynamic gift that we have? And um, I don't think I would have come to that point unless I was in the midst of complete chaos and lost. I was in a Mm. quarter life crisis. My mom was diagnosed with two forms of cancer. My younger sister was strung out on drugs. She couldn't reconcile how a good God could do bad things to good people. I was dealing with the worst heartbreak of my life, a three-year dysfunctional relationship to a man I re- affectionately refer to as Satan. And oh, okay, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Um, and, Is he mm-hmm. going to read the book? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I, all names are, have been changed. I'm not yeah. even kidding you. I've changed everyone's names. Oh, yeah. Um, even your I'm family? Did you change your family's uh, names? I did not. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> That's how I am, too. I mean, people kind of know if I use your real name, it's because you did something right. If I don't use your real name, it's because you did something wrong. That's a great rule, Annie. I, that's, I'm going to steal I want to honor. Yeah, that. I want to honor the people who were who whose names I want to really use. And, <laughs> but I want to tell the other stories, too. <laughs> yes. So I think that in that moment of coming to the end of, I read the one year Bible five times. I journaled, I prayed, I had devos, I pressed in, I did it all. Yeah. And at the end of everything, I still felt like I was abandoned in the desert crying out to God. And I remember reading uh, a Greek narrative, a Greek mythological story of the rising of the Phoenix. And there was something that that stuck out and off the pages and landed into my heart. It reminded me of the Israelites going through their desert journey. This phoenix flew into the desert singing songs to a silent sun as the children of Israel cried out to a God that was felt absent and was definitely silent. And I felt like I am literally in the midst of this desert yeah. and there's not a God who hears me. Hmm. And uh, I remember a couple of years later hearing a quote from Dallas Willard, when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. Yeah. And that was kind of where I landed and I tied a knot and I believed that God, you speak about this Holy Spirit. You speak about a plan, purpose, and destiny for my life. You say that I am not alone. You say that when we crowd to you, you are faithful to hear us and respond. Call out to me and I will answer you. I, I would just started speaking promises of God's mm-hmm. word again and again. And God is faithful. And as he responded to the Israelites and in the mythological story, when the phoenix rises from its ashes, those things that you think will destroy you are actually the things that transform you into the person, Mm -hmm. into the person and calling that Christ has called you to. But do you feel like there's a choice in that? I mean, don't you feel like there's a little bit that you have to choose to let that transform you? Oh my gosh, homegirl, this is what I say. I'm like, everyone's going to go through the fire. Whether you rise transformed or whether you wither in the midst of it is up Mm. to you. Yeah, that's it. And we can talk about theological concepts about like sovereignty and free will and all that other stuff. But like, hey, I feel like the balance is in the middle because we have biblical characters and narratives that embody both. That's right. So let I had a friend recently say to me, the deepest part of the river is the middle. Oh oh my gosh. Who's that friend? Because we should quote them. I know. Her name's Jessica. Yes, Jessica. She said, Jessica Avery, she said the deepest part of the river is the middle. Because I was like, is it all this or all that? And she was like, it's neither. Right. And she wasn't talking about whether Jesus was the son of God. We were talking about an issue that really doesn't have like a like almost like, well, some parts of the church say all this and some parts of the church say all that. And you go, well, the deepest is the middle. So what's mm. the middle of this? What's the truth of this? So, yeah. Yes. I like her. I know. Props Jessica Avery. Jessica Avery. She's a star. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of like the journey, and I'm sharing that um, with people. It takes us right up about into where I didn't realize but discovered that I was entering into another transforming fire, and I didn't write about that. But, um, but Really, I, I that you stopped not even knowing that that's what you were walking into, and then you turned the book in, and you're like, oh, we're here again. Right, which is uh, bananas. It's the I know. pits. It's bananas and the pits. But you know what? I remember, um, what's the name of the girl that wrote Harry, uh, when Harry met Sally? I don't, uh, um, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron. Yeah. I was like, Nora, Nora Ephron's mom. Um, she was a, a, a wonderful scriptwriter in Hollywood, 1940s and fifties. And Nora grew up with her mom always telling her she'd come in and say like, 
I got an F on my test or this boy dumped me or I fell and I hurt myself. And she said, everything is copy. And I'll never forget mm. that because everything in our life is copy. We don't yeah. go through situations not to share those stories because in stories, there's transformation and hope and life. And we, we enter into people's stories to grieve with them and hope with them and celebrate with them. So yes, I did walk into another fire and I feel like, you know, even in the midst of that, I had tools because of what I learned earlier on how sure. to kind of manage it a little bit better and yeah. not throw myself into loaves of warm bread, but throw myself <laughs> into the arms of God. <laughs> and possibly some bread on occasion. Amen. Just Amen. just here and there. He doesn't call himself the bread of life. Come oh, on. come on with it. Um, how did you decide what to put in play with fire and what to not put in? <sighs> That's a great question. What are you, like a professional interviewer or something? <laughs> what are you, another person who writes books and has to decide <laughs> what to leave out? <laughs> um, you know what? I didn't even know if we were going to go here. But like this book really took everything out of me. Yeah. Um, I I faced one challenge after another. After another. I don't even think you know like the full of it, Annie. But yeah. like, I mean, I think the last straw for me was the day before Thanksgiving. I... I had received the edited document and about 60% of the book needed to be rewritten because I just knew in my, Annie, I can't even, it was already past due. The book was past due. They extended the deadline to the day after Thanksgiving, which is the 26th. And on the 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, I'm at my computer, 12 pages from the end of the book of editing. And my computer goes, it made that sound. It went black. And I couldn't turn my computer on. <gasps> when I did turn my computer on, I lost everything. You are lying. That's awful. I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't process it. I couldn't even cry. I really wanted to cry, Annie. Yeah. And I just, it was one of those moments where I literally felt like I was in the fire. Yeah. I was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, God, I will let go of this book if you do not want me to write this. But I yeah. do not understand what you are doing. Mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I called my husband. I called uh, my father. And I'm like, on a holiday where everyone is supposed to be happy, I'm devastated. Right. And um, the worst part is, Annie, clearly I'm not a professional writer because I wasn't, I didn't save the document. I was oh, working boy. in, and I wasn't working in a native file. Yeah, I was about to say, so, what were you working in? Were you in yeah. Microsoft Word? Mm-hmm. I was homeschooled. Remember, friend? <laughs> yeah. And my mom wasn't there to instruct me on life. So I lost the entire book. I emailed my editor. I emailed my agent. And I said, so this happened. And they were they were equally as devastated as I was, which made me feel better like I wasn't being yeah. a drama queen. Because right. I am Latina and I'm prone to just being extra. Sure. And they were extra too. So they gave me until New Year's. Oh, and wow. I had five weeks to rewrite the to whole do thing. the whole thing over again. And keep Ooh. in mind, Annie, keep in mind, this is during holidays. I'm still working full time. And I had two speaking events. Uh-uh. Yeah, you're just I'm sweating just hearing this. Annie, like literally the fact that I got this out, um, I just want to give, you gave a shout out to your friend. I got to give a shout out to my friend, Seth Haynes, because what he did in that last run, in those last four weeks, he came alongside me and helped me put down my words that felt more like me and less of what I was trying to be. Yeah. And he really tapped into the little girl who was afraid, little girl who couldn't read, write, and spell, who's very intimidated because of her ethnicity and because of her gender and where she was raised, was still the person that existed at the age of 34. And it was me. And I just had to come to the the end of the rope and hold on and say, 
this is not a Pulitzer Prize, but this is me and this is my story and this is yeah, who I am. Yeah. And I was okay with that. And the yeah. book is here and it launched yesterday. It's beautiful. Yeah. It, I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I can't think of a friend that I wouldn't suggest reading it. And that's the beautiful thing about having my own podcast <laughs> is I get to say, like, I'm not going to introduce my friends that are listening to anyone that I don't think has something to offer them. And mm. I think your story is just so powerful going from this young woman who felt really powerless um, to b- learning to believe the truth of who you are and God literally setting you free and doing miraculous work in you to where you could write this book and still yeah. be all the other things that the earth needs you to be. Why, well, thank you, Annie. I appreciate it. I mean, and it's-, it's because of friends like you that made me feel like my words matter. And I, I, I thank you. Well. How much do you travel right now? How many times are you out speaking? Um, travel is a bit much because in, in between international travel with work and my husband is helping build some European churches. So he'll do and he'll go out there with leadership development and church training. And, yeah, and, he flies and, out and there all telling. the time. Yeah. And, and it's been Germany. so good. Because he loves Germany. Germany. He does. And I was just in Bulgaria and London yeah. at a couple of women's conferences. And so travel is a bit much. It is. It's about um, about 38 times a year yeah um and we and again we you know we have 50 percent custody of the kids so we're, right. we're really working on traveling when we don't have the kids and and traveling when we do have the kids and having them come with us and sure it's all in a big adventure we're figuring this out that's right what does matt think about the book uh he is so proud of me yeah. he spoke to me seven years ago and said you have been talking about this and this is actually here and don't let anyone the enemy or anyone else make you think that you didn't do what you were supposed to do or that it's not good. It's good yeah. because God asked you to do it and you were faithful. Yeah, that's right. I what, love that man. Tell me, tell me, I, I like him a lot too. I don't love him like you love him, but I really good, like him. Good, because He's I will a, cut you. I, I know. will cut you. Step <laughs> off. I will cut I know. you. I'm, I am deeply afraid of you, so don't worry about that. Um, where? <laughs> tell me, last question-ish. Um, where did Play With Fire come from? Where did you get the title? Uh, you know, it's so funny. Whenever we take a look, it was after reading The Rising of the Phoenix. Uh-huh. And then I started going through the Israelites' journey and just seeing everything, the parallels between that story, my story, and their story. And every time, every time we see fire in the Old and New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, every time we see fire, God's presence is there and revealed. Mm. And two, people's lives are changed. Yeah. And I grew up in California, and I think our culture is always saying, play with fire, you get burned, don't do dangerous things. And yet we see that fire is a rep- representation of God Almighty. So instead of being fearful of it, stepping into a relationship with God and having Him transform your life, yeah. be bold. The thing, yeah. the thing that is meant that you think is going to destroy you actually reveals the presence of God. And my favorite story that just exemplifies this is Sh- uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, that's and, my favorite Bible story as well. Oh, you need to hear me teach that, Annie, because I, I get, I to. throw down, I throw down. I, I love their narrative so much. And you know what? It reconciles the theology of God can do everything. They mm. said, our God is able to save. And then, but even if he doesn't, yeah, we don't listen. talk about that narrative. I we know. really don't talk about that narrative, but it's like this ultimate faith and trust. Like, Hey, it doesn't matter what God wants us to do. We want him to save us and we know that he can. But even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down. We're not going to cower. We're not going to do what you mm-hmm. called us to do. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. That is a message for our generation. I mean, mm. that is the truth. I know. And I love that the the wording is he can rescue us. He will save us. But even if he doesn't, because you're like, they knew either way he was going to save them. 
Yes. You know? Yes. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, B, it. here is my favorite last question to ask people if I remember. Yeah. I'm like the worst podcaster at being consistent, but it is called That Sounds Fun. So okay. the question is, what sounds fun to you today? <gasps> okay. What sounds fun? I love parties. Yeah. So what sounds fun is I wake up, just bear with me. I'm going to give you the day of what sounds perfect. Okay. And fun. Yeah. Great. I wake up. I have a Jesus party in the morning because I do, I, I do like to have my, my devotional Jesus time. Sure, sure. Um, quiet yeah, where time. I press in. Yeah, I press yes, in in my quiet time. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a little partial to the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I go do an amazing hot yoga class. Okay. And then I come back and I have this horrible routine where I make a protein shake. I just do it every single morning. And it could be 5.30 and I'm still grinding ice and it drives my family crazy. <laughs> and then... We go to the beach and we read a, a mind-numbing, amazing novel mm-hmm. all day at the beach. And we bask in the sun and we just have sandwiches together while the waves crash in. And then we come home and then we get dressed up. We have to get fancy okay. and wear fake eyelashes. Thank we you. curl our hair. We put on high, high heels. Notice the emphasis. High, high heels. High praise heels, God. Right. Praise God. Yes. And then we have a party where there's dancing, music, and amazing food. Okay. That sounds so That sounds fun. so fun, B. I'm totally in. You know, you're the reason I wear heels on stage now. Praise God. I mean, you me I out could of the die. Flats. If, you know what? Most people will say, people found Jesus and my life is complete because they you heard me speak. I am happy when women wear high heels. Glory <laughs> That's right. to God. And yes. um, when I take my mascara out of the tube, I shake it a little bit and let it dry off a little bit because you taught me that too. You my little Padawan. Just, uh, really, you, you are, are just amazing. You are my amazing mentor in all the ways. Hey, B, how can people find you online? What's the easiest way to find you? Um, easiest way is BiancaOltoff.com and they can sign up for weekly video devotionals. Uh, Ooh, most people, you. you know, don't really want to go, uh, you know, onto websites or whatever, but whether that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, at Bianca Oltoff. Perfect. And we'll link to all that so people can find you. Thanks for being on the podcast, B. I appreciate it. Love you, Annie, so much. I'm here because of you. Thank you guys so much for joining Bianca and I in our conversation today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, I hope you'll backpedal through some of the old episodes of the podcast. We have lots of great authors that I've gotten to chat with. Jessica Turner, who wrote The Fringe Hours. Shauna Nequist, who wrote Savor, but most recently Present Over Perfect, which is amazing. Um, Emily Freeman, author of most of my favorite books, A Million Little Ways, Simply Tuesday. I mean, it is just grace for the good girl graceful i can keep going but there are just a handful of really great authors that we have gotten to chat with on the podcast so i hope you'll go back and check those out hey and if you need me i'm super easy to find probably embarrassingly so i'm annie f downs f is in fancy annie f downs all over the internet instagram twitter facebook snapchat which i love and my website is annie f downs so i'm really easy to find just a reminder singing to you in the background is our sweet friend ellie holcomb And so you should check out her music. It is some of my favorites to play in the house during my, quote, quiet times. And when I'm just riding in the car. So I just love Ellie. I love what she writes. I love how she sings. So thanks again for listening. I hope that you are having a great September kicking off today and heading into Labor Day weekend. If you're on the lake, I'm jealous and I wish I was with you. But I'm glad to be with you in your ears. That'll just have to do. So um, thanks for listening. And as always, I hope you do something really, really fun today. See y'all.